So why do I come to a worship service? I come to give Him praise and glory and honor. Some of you put on some nice clothes today. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for putting some cologne and deodorant on. I don't need it. Your, your, your neighbor don't need it. God only wants your worship. I'm glad that you look good. I'm glad you look handsome. I'm glad you look pretty today. But God wants your worship. He wants to hear it out of your mouth. He wants to feel it from you. Everything from your heart, your soul, your spirit. Give it to God. He's expecting it. And when you give your worship and praise to God, I promise you, He is going to bless you immensely. We've got, you said we've got some membership certificates. I sat back there this morning and I signed and signed and signed and signed. I actually had to organize them. <laughs> I don't even know if, if everybody's here, but uh, we will give out as many as we can today. We've got a lot out uh, due to vacation. Summertime vacations takes a lot of people out and sickness as well. So just call them out, I guess. Okay, we'll go by family. So let me have um, the Martin Duran family, if they would come up at this time. We're going we're gonna to honor them by families. So this is Uvidis Duran, and her husband is Martin. I think he's having to work today. Is he having to work today? Okay. So they have Mateo, and they have Andrea, and they... No, I gave you Andrea Mumphrey. I'm sorry. I told you I had to organize these babies. Let me help you. They fell. Here we go. I didn't organize them very good. Martin Duran, Yvettis Duran, Adriana Duran, Romeo Duran. Are your babies up here? Are they? They went down. So give the Duran family a hand. Will you just stay here? This is a family of five. Now, if I could have the Derek and Andrea Mumphrey family come at this time. Derek is serving already. He's already serving in, um, in security. Come right here, if you will, Andrea, so I can hand these to you. They have Derek Jr. This is Andrea, the mother. They have Reese Mumphrey, Jaylee Mumphrey, Hunter Mumphrey, and the father is Derek Mumphrey, a family of six. Come on, honor them. I told you we had to organize these babies. All right, so we have another family if Joe and Robin, the Joe and Robin Castillo family would come. And they're already asking to plug in. Will you come right all the way over here? Does this one belong to you? Okay, so we need to also add to this family of six. It's actually a family of seven. Cadence Tavares is part of this family as well. This is Joe and Robin Castillo. Will you make them feel welcome this morning? And I think, um, I don't think Jeffrey Oney is here, and I don't think Christina Collins is here. So we want everybody at this time, if you would stand to your feet one more time, we'd like our pastors to come and we're going to bless them. Let me get Amen. some oil. Will you just stretch your hand toward these families? Here you go, Mom.
Derek got to come up. This is Derek. He was working security. We love him. We love y'all very much. Thank y'all. Let's get our, give our Lord and Savior a, a, a great round of applause right now. Why don't we stand one more time and just lift our hands and our voice and worship Him one more time because He's so worthy. He's so worthy. Some of you owe Him so much. Some of me, I owe God so much. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for saving me. Lord, I thank you for raising me up. Lord, I thank you for your forgiveness. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for a second chance. I thank you, Lord, that you have saved me. You saved my family. Amen, amen, amen. While you're sitting down, just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just keep saying it. We owe him everything. And I know Pastor Pate brought up uh, some giving that, was, uh, that has begun, begun to start here in our church. You'll find here at this church, we rarely, rarely speak on that and even ask for money or anything like that. But I tell you what, it is a blessing to be able to give into something that is going on and it's, uh, we're experiencing some growth. And so I don't want anybody to miss out on that. I'm going to give to it. I know that members of my family have already given to it. And if you're wondering, what are we giving to? You know, there's a lot of times I've heard about and seen churches, they have a building fund. And that building fund is around since the 60s. It's a building fund. They're just going to keep pumping money in that building fund. And, and where's the building? Listen, we are a church that is on the move. I played a video clip last Sunday where I showed some people jumping on an airplane, and they were almost late for it, but they barely got on. And I said, listen... The church is on the move. The church is taking flight. You better get on board. And so if you're wondering, what are, what is, what are the building fund? The build, every church has got a building fund. Well, you look right outside on that outside wall when you come in the foyer. There are the plans, and we are going to be tearing out in here, in here, moving this cafe, and building uh, an 80 by 50, basically building over here with a, a wraparound deck and a huge youth room that's going to be able to now house our youth that are up to sometimes up to around 100 youth on a Wednesday night. So we're going to have a room that will seat all of those in there. That can also double as an overflow for the sanctuary. We're just trying to get a, we're trying to stay ahead as best we can with the growth. And so there's going to be a, a big expansion in the foyer, classrooms added, restrooms added, all of that. And if you're wondering what it's going to look like, go outside in the foyer. I just got a text from the uh, architect last night or yesterday evening, and she said, I've I've got the final plans. Spencer, you got that email too. Spencer Pate, uh, our, our senior, senior who's passed away and gone on to be with the Lord, he and his wife, this vision started with him many, many years ago. And this is now a grandchild that's in the, in the process of helping with the building. And he is our contractor, and he is doing it free of charge, pro bono, however you want to say it. And he is, it's an amazing thing to get to work with him and I see Papaw Pate in him so many ways, and his love for this community has been passed down to his children, his grandchildren, and all of his extended family. And so we got that email last night, and she sent it, and I'll scroll through it. All of the plans are in, in place. Everything is set. I saw electrical, plumbing, concrete plans, everything. It's all set. It's ready to go. And she will be at our groundbreaking ceremony that will be, uh, I believe, June 25th, something like that. 
Don't, it's June 25th, and uh, on a Sunday evening, we're going to break ground, and we're going to pray over this area over here. We're grateful for, that God has provided a way to buy land. He has provided so many things, and we, I just finally just quit worrying and saying, what are we going to do? How is it going to happen? Here's what I say. There's not a lack of money. There's a lack of vision. So we will continue to cast out vision and, and say, God, if you put it on our hearts, if we're going to do this, if we're going to build a school, if we're going to build a home for the homeless, if we're going to help somebody, however you want us to do it, Lord, you give the funds, you provide it, however it comes through. If it comes through somebody with a big, fat checkbook, Brother Big Bucks, we call him. If Brother Big Bucks walks in the church and says, here is a million dollars, wow, that would be amazing. But if that happened, I would say, God, thank you for trusting us, that you would trust us to know that we would take that million dollars and we would say, Lord, how can we benefit you? How can we benefit your kingdom? Do we need a new car? No. Do we need something? No. I have a job. I worked it last night. Listen, I'm telling you, this is a church that we will pour everything back into this church, his kingdom, the betterment and empowerment of this community and the surrounding community. So as you give, know that it's going to that cause. And, and also know that I'm not going to harp on it and I'm not going to beg for it because I just hate to do that. And I am not your typical preacher Minister, you're not going to hear Jeremy Driver Ministries, Jeremy and Brianne Driver Ministries. No, this is not our, it's God's ministry. This is the ministry right here. God gives us a word to speak from here. We speak it and we say, it's all glory to God. It's not me. Oh, God, I, I helped you out today, Lord. I took your word and I just spoke it so eloquently and I, I twisted it and turned it and made it just into the perfect sermon. And look, look what I did, Lord. Look at this, Lord. I've got it highlighted and everything. No. I will tell you this. God at any time can say, put a sign up out front that says, under new management. And you've seen it. Under new management. God is doing a good thing, a great thing. We are along for the ride. Our life is but a vapor. How many of you, you could be honest and say, man, it really does feel like just the other day I was 40 years old. You raise your hand. See, I was kind of picking on, I'm finding out how old people. And you, some of you can say, man, it really feels like just the other day I was in my 30s. How many of you, would you feel like you could go out and sprint from the front door to the end of the parking lot and really have a pretty good time still you say I, I feel like I could still do it Tim said absolutely Ken Ferrara says yeah I can sprint I can do it I will tell you right now most of you that raise your hand will end up with skin up knees and a skin up nose <laughs> along with me but life is like a vapor we are here as to be good stewards of what he has blessed us to be over and 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 handle while we're here, guess what? Somebody was here before you. Somebody laid the groundwork before you. Somebody hoed a hard row before you. Somebody's coming after you. If the Lord tarries, so while you're here, you give of your time, talent, and treasure. You work, you work, you work. Don't get into retirement mode. Be here. Be a part. Be in, engaged. Show up. I've said it before here recently. If you're going to be a Christian, be a Christian. If you're going to come to church, come to church. If you're going to be living for God, live for God. Let's don't do anything halfway. If you know me, I don't really like doing things halfway. I've got some friends like that. I like to surround myself with people like that where they say, if we're going to do it, let's do it. And so 
Thank God for the funds. Thank, thank God for what's coming in because we absolutely want to make it the best that we can make it for his kingdom. All right, one, one thing that we uh, did not pray for earlier when we were praying for Asher and his heart, and I, I was trying to maybe get my wife's attention, but I didn't want to interrupt that special moment. But I want to pray right now for Brother Joe Fletcher. He's still in the hospital, but I spoke to him this morning on the phone, and we want to lift him up in prayer. I want to pray for Mike and Cammie Ramsey. They, she just recently lost her sister. It was unexpected, very close to her. And if you don't know her, uh, I will tell you, it's just tough. It's very, very tough when you lose a close member of your family. It doesn't matter, mom, dad, sister, brother, it's tough. So if you would, one more time, just as a, a sign of just encouragement, if they're watching online, let's just stand together. I hate to ask you all to stand and sit and stand and sit, but I don't hate to ask you to pray for your brothers and your sister that need your help. And so let's just pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bring to you Joe Fletcher right now. We ask God that you would lead and direct and guide the doctor's hands as they find out what is going on with his heart. We ask God that you would give him peace and comfort, Lord, in the unknowing and not knowing what's happening and not knowing what's going on and what has caused his situation. But, Lord, we know that you are the true great physician and you are working on his heart. You are healing his heart just like you are healing Asher's heart today and how you have healed so many hearts even in this sanctuary today. There has been healing. There's been miracle signs and wonders. And we know, God, that you will continue to do that for those people. And, Lord, right now we pray for Mike and Cammie Ramsey. We ask God that you would bless that family comfort that family be with that family in this time of loss lord let them know that they are loved and i pray god that you would just wrap them up in your loving arms give them a sense of peace and comfort in this time of loss in jesus name everybody say amen amen, amen. amen. if you have your bibles uh, turn with me in the book of genesis lord in the name of jesus just use me as a willing vessel today this this message is to me this message is to you as a member of this church, God is going to speak to someone today through his word, and I will just be the, the willing vessel, the mouthpiece. Turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, just to Genesis 12, and we're going to read verses 10 through 17, and then I'm going to skip over a little further in Genesis and read a little bit more. This is uh, Abram in Egypt. Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarah, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but will let you live. Say you are my sister so that I will be treated well. For your sake, and my life will be spared because of you. When Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that she was indeed a very beautiful woman. And when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh. And she was taken into his palace. He treated Abram well for her sake. And Abram acquired sheep and cattle, male and female donkeys, men servants and maidservants, and camels. But the Lord inflicted serious diseases. On Pharaoh and his household because of Abram's wife, Sarah. Now, if you will just turn over in, uh, to chapter 26 of Genesis. We're going to read verses 1 through 10. And you will see some definite parallels here. Now, this is his son, Isaac. And I want you to know today as we begin to get in this sermon in the word of God right now. I want you to realize right now that what you do. Men, what you do, women, 
it does carry on to the next generation. So be careful that you are putting God in the forefront and keeping Him number one. Some of you were given a great prize and a great benefit because your parents did this for you. And so you have something now. So now it's your turn to be a great servant of God, a great steward, and now you give that to your children and pass that along to them. Don't be a stop, a stop and a stumbling block for your children and say, I'm grateful for me and I got everything I needed. Now I hate your luck because I just don't have it within me to serve God like my parents did. And for those of you that your parents didn't do that for you, you start right now today and you say, I will be the change in my family's life. Genesis 26, verses 1 through 10, I'll read quickly. Now there was a famine in the land. Very familiar. We read that just a second ago. Besides the earlier famine of Abraham's time, and Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar, the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay in this land for a while, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all these lands and will confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. What a blessing. What a promise. And will give them all these lands. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed me and kept my requirements, my commands, my decrees, and my laws, so Isaac stayed in Gerar. When the men of that place asked him about his wife, he said, she is my sister. Been there, done that. Thought he saw it work. So he's going to try it himself. Because he was afraid to say she is my wife. He thought the men of this place might kill me on account of Rebekah. Because she is beautiful. Evidently, back in that time, if you saw a beautiful woman, you just killed the husband and took her. That's what I read. I like you. You're pretty hot. Can y'all kill him and get him out of the way? Can somebody get this guy... Just yeah, just make him disappear. When Isaac had been there a long time, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked down from a window and saw Isaac caressing his sister. No? Caressing. So don't you know that that was a, a moment of like... I, they're really close. That's a lot of brotherly and sisterly love going on right there. Am I seeing this right? Because we have to read this how it happened. He looked down out of the window and he sees Isaac caressing. Now the word we know, it's his wife, Rebekah. So Abimelech summoned Isaac and said, She is really your wife, Rebekah. So Abimelech summoned Isaac and said, She is really your wife. Why did you say... She is my sister. Isaac answered him, because I thought you might, I might lose my life on account of her. Then Abimelech said, what is this you have done to us? What is this you have done to us? Now Isaac said, well, I thought you were going to kill me. And so today I want to speak to you on the topic of just for a few minutes. I just want to preach to you today for a little bit on this topic. Don't tell. Don't tell. The devil has a sinister, conniving, evil way. 
And we know this. His middle name is evil. Since the beginning of time, his goal has been to take you out and everyone around you. He is steadily, consistently trying to find ways to take us out. He will lie to us. He will get you to where you will lie to yourself, lie to others. He will wrap you up in a lie, and then he will cause it to where you want to cover and hide in the lie. And light cannot shine into the the situation and be in the situation. And then you are in a vicious cycle and you are trapped within your own lie to where you don't realize that the devil has lied to you. You've lied to yourself. And now you're in a place. You're hopeless, without help. And he's whispering in your ear time and time again. Don't tell. Don't tell. Shh. Shh. Don't tell. Don't tell. Everybody thinks you've got it together. Everybody feels like you've got it together, Brother Big Bucks. I don't know how I got on that term today. I'm going to say it again. It's funny to me. It's just funny. But everybody feels like you've got it together, sister. Sister in the Lord. Brother in the Lord. You've got it together. Everything's good. Shh. Don't tell. Don't tell them that you're hurting. Don't tell them that you're living a lie. He will use the lie as a tool of entrapment. And defeat. We know this when we read in Genesis how he deceived Eve, and Eve lost her way, and then she takes Adam right on down with her. Because that's how we roll, right? Ladies, hey, anybody, if I'm going down, I'm taking him with me. <laughs> Deception will leave you so, so destitute, and the lie never looks as rotten. As it really is. And the reason I say rotten is because Eve looked at that fruit. She saw that fruit and it looked so appealing to her. Do we know from experience? I know from experience that sin for a season looks appealing. The apple looks delicious. The bright yellow banana looks delicious. But if we could really see that for what it is... It would be so rotten and spoiled on the inside and that's exactly how sin is and it looks so good and it looks so appetizing and enticing and then you bite into it and it's just the nastiest, soft, mushy, but you looked at it on the outside and somebody even tossed it to you like, oh yeah, that's a good apple, let me bite into that and it's just, oh. You know, they make a, there's a, a, an apple that uh, there's a certain, uh, I'm going to say brand, it's not a brand, it's a name, a breed of apple, and I believe it's called Red Delicious. I don't know anything about this apple that's delicious. These are the ones that got put in lunch boxes that never made it to the stomach. You bite into that apple, that Red Delicious and you start chewing on that skin and chewing on it and chewing on it. You're like, oh, it's made out of plastic. <laughs> and so there's nothing that's delicious about that. Uh, even when I would peel them, I'm like, I just don't like it. Now they've got stuff, you know, technology. Thank God. We've got honey crisp. It sounds like a cereal. We've got apples that are named after cereals now. Honey Crisp Delight, whatever. I mean, it's unbelievable. You bite into it, you're like, wow, this is, this is awesome. 
It's amazing. But looking at sin, looking at what the world offers, and I, I don't want to just dwell on sin. I know that many times in this sanctuary as I'm preaching on a Sunday morning, I'm preaching to the choir. I'm preaching to people that feel like I'm saved. I'm, so, I'm saved, and I'm so glad about it. Hallelujah, I'm saved. We'll sing the song all day long. How, you want, how long you want to sing, Pastor Dave? I'm saved, I'm saved, and I'm so glad about it. I realize that I speak to, to that crowd many times. But let me tell you, the enticing things of this world are so many times the things that take you away from Him, His Word, and the prayer that we need to be having every day. And it is pulling on our time. It's pulling on our time and we do not have time for God. We have got plenty of time for screen time. We've got plenty of screen time. I'm reading a book right now called Manhood. And I brought this up just last Sunday, I believe, how there is many, many, many hours upon hours upon hours of men who are not working and also men who are working where they stay on their phones 24-7, it seems like. Eight plus hours a day, and you don't even realize it. If you want to know how much screen time you have per day, there's a little thing on your phone. You can look at it, and it keeps track of just five minutes here, five minutes here, ten minutes here. When it seems so hard for us to just to put out five minutes here, five minutes here, maybe ten minutes here, maybe just five minutes. For many of us, I will, I will put myself in this uh, group as well because it, if we don't watch it, it can be a burden to hear from our Heavenly Father. It, we, this can be a burden. This can be sometimes a chore for us to read because many times it pricks our heart. It tells us where we're wrong. And maybe I don't want to hear that and read that. Just give me Psalms and let me read Psalms and Proverbs all day long. I just want to stay right there. I don't want to read about somebody else who who looks like and, and really is a comparison to me in my life right now in the Old Testament, and I'm starting to see some parallelisms in this right now, and I see myself in that king. Oh, that king and what he did, I see myself there. I probably should change my ways. I probably should change my life. I probably should get my family in order. I probably should be the king of my home, and I probably should step up and be the leader of my home and tell my family, we're not going to run all over the country doing everything except love God and live for God. Why? Because I am in charge. I'm the leader of my family. And now I am going to be the steward for the time that I am the steward because of this time. And God put me in this time. Somebody did it for me. I need to do it for them. Your children will not be the children that they need to be if you aren't the person you need to be right now. Let me read... Uh, Genesis 3, verses 1 through 6. I can turn to the middle of my Bible way faster than I can the very first page. Genesis 3, verses 1 through 6. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. Continue to verse 6. You will, he says, he lies to her. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw, everybody say saw. 
that the fruit of the tree was good for, for food and pleasing to the eye. Again, through her gate into her soul. And also desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. I'm telling you, this area right here, these two little orbits with these amazing, just amazing happenstance design of creation. God designed us. We know that. I love reading things about and it's an atheist and many times will be writing things and he'll say, it just was a bad design. He was talking about the wrist one time and it was just, it's just a bad design. Like, who was the designer? Come on. I'm grateful that I know a God in heaven who designed me. And he didn't design me to go out into this world and do what I want to do. He designed me and formed me and fashioned me to worship him. First and foremost. But I could quickly get hung up on myself and say, Well, God, I thank you that you formed and fashioned me and gave me breath and strength and muscles so that I could get up first thing in the morning and go straight to work and get out there and just start sweating and sweating and working and working and work till the sun goes down. For many of us men, it's a bad time of the year in the summer because we, we already work too much. But in the summertime, we're going to work from daylight till dark and we're going to be out there till 9 o'clock at night still just working and working and working. And if we don't watch it, if I don't watch it, I never even put five minutes in here. I want to bring that to our attention today because I'm telling you, that is where the power is. This is food for our soul. Just try it for a week. Just work all week long and just snack on a little package of peanuts all week long. Really don't drink any living water. Don't drink much at all. Just sip. Maybe have a 20-ounce bottle of water for the entire week. And just snack on a few little peanuts and drink just a little bit of water out of your 20-ounce bottle that's for you for the whole week. And then see what happens to your physical body. You will start to dwindle away. Dwindle away. And somebody's going to come up to you and say, are you sick? Because you don't look well. And I'm, it's noticeable. Know this. It is noticeable to others around you. It is noticeable to your children. It is noticeable to God Almighty Himself when our spirit man is sick and we are getting weak and we can't see it. And so therefore, it's easy for us to believe a lie that we say, well, I love God and I went to church Sunday and I love God. And he knows I love Him and I love Him and He loves me and we're good. Us, me and God, we're like this. Me and God, we're like this. Let me get it right. Me and God, we're just like this. But what you don't realize, this is you. This is you over here. And you're thinking, me and God, we're like this. You want to be like this. You want to be like this. But many of us, this is, our, this is what we see and we think we're seeing this. But this is us right here. Me and God, we're like this, man. Yeah, I know. 
I would like for you to be a lot closer to God because why? I want you to be strong so that you can withstand the wiles of the devil and the temptations of the devil. And I want you to have your family so strong that when your children are approached with a vape, when your children are approached with premarital sex, when your children are approached with drugs and alcohol and parties that are secret and nobody knows what's going on, when your children are on their phone and they have the ability to look up whatever they want, they have the spiritual fortitude and they have the strength and the spiritual strength to say, I will not look at that. I will delete that mom I need you to come look at my phone because something came up on here or do they sneak off in the back bedroom and say oh man the, the, this is just amazing this is amazing this is awesome oh my friends I've seen it happen I've seen it happen time and time again with our children and the ones that grew up with them and it just begins to happen it's a gentle gradual fade watch 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 for them watch for yourself if she could have seen the lie for what it was, she couldn't have never she could have never known how rotten that fruit was. That fruit was rotten on the middle because of what it was going to do to her in a sense. I'll just speak it in a sense. How the devil's plan was rotten, how it was going to spoil everything. We have to be full of the Holy Ghost to spot the lie. You've got to be full of the Holy Ghost. Lies are all around us and they're all in our midst. The lie of the devil and it's here, it's in front of us, it's in our face, and you've got to be where you can spot that lie. It'll cause you to hide and cover when what you really need is light. You need light. You need light in your heart, in your family, in your soul. But the devil keeps whispering to you, don't tell. Don't tell. Don't tell because you're going to look weak. You're going to look like you don't have it together and everybody feels like you do have it together. Just don't tell. Keep it a secret. If I'm ever going to keep a secret with anybody, I want it to be with God. Why will we lie to ourselves time and time again and say, and we'll agree to this. As Christians, we'll agree to this. And we'll say, good old devil buddy, old pal. You want me to keep a secret? You have my full cooperation. Me and you, devil, we are like this. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep your secret and you keep my secret. You keep my secret, devil, because we're tight. I don't want to be tight with him. I don't want to keep his secrets. I want to out him. I want to show him for what he is. I want him to be, to be known to all the world and everybody around me. What a loser and pathetic waste of time that the devil is. And I want everybody to know that I know that he is out to steal my family, kill my family, and destroy my family. And when I know that the enemy is coming, the Bible says if we knew when the enemy was coming that we would be on alert and we would be ready in our house, which is our house, and we would be ready to fight the devil. I don't have to warn any of you today. He's coming. He's outside the door. He's knocking. He's looking. He's looking for a little window frame that might be open just a hair. He's looking for maybe a door with some outside hinges where he can knock out the pen and he can sneak. Don't think that I'm a crook and a robber. Listen, I'm a firefighter as well. We know how to get in the houses. We try not to break windows and doors, but Dave, you know, hey, sometimes we have to do that too. And then, of course, we announce, fire department, fire department, don't shoot us. 
I learned my lesson a long time ago. We went into a house one time. It was the wrong address. We went it. I learned. Thank God I didn't learn the wrong way here. And, and, and you're, you didn't have a funeral. But we get to back to the back bedroom. And there's a woman back there who could have had a gun. And thinking we were somebody. And we weren't announcing ourselves like we needed to. And uh, ma'am, did you call the fire? I didn't call the fire department. I didn't call 911. We at the wrong house. 911 sent us to this house, but that was the wrong house. Listen, he is going around your house. He is all around your house. How can I get in this house? Well, I can come in this door. I can come in this door. There's some doors that we have that if we don't guard these doors, he's going to come in and he's going to come in like a flood. You've got to have the spiritual strength, be full of the Holy Ghost to spot the lie, kill it, defeat it, and march all over it. But he's saying, don't tell, don't tell. He's dangling that false fruit of the lie in front of you. The fruit is visible. It's the curse that isn't seen. Go with me to Genesis chapter 4, verses 8 through 12. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know. I... I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Oh, we're going to get smart now. God. And listen, we need to realize that we do the same things that we read about in this Bible. Somebody says, a, a loving text, because you try, you know, you're like, I don't want to. If you receive a text from me about being in church, please know that I have thought about that text over and over. And I have delayed it, and I have delayed it, and I have delayed it because I don't ever, ever, ever want somebody to come to church because I guilted them. I don't want somebody to give to this ministry of God's ministry of reaching this community out of guilt. I never, ever, ever would want my wife to love me or act like she loves me out of me guilting her. You should love me. Why are you not loving me? Why are you not asking me out on dates? Why are we not going on trips? I don't have anything in my heart for you. Well, you should, and I'm asking you to. You should get up here, and you should love me. Get up here and kiss me in front of this whole church and hug me because they're thinking you do love me. So let's get this front on, and let's fake it till we make it. See, that's the way I see my marriage relationship and that's how I see your relationship and my relationship with our Heavenly Father. So, yes, I do send texts periodically. I may call periodically. But I want to know that you know 
that the reason is all because of a relationship that is so strong that if I disappear, if this church disappears, if we are not able to congregate together and have a church service, that you in your home will be seeking the face of God. You will be reading your word and you will be preaching the word to your family for yourself and seeking his face for yourself because that time may come one day when we're in a war zone. Maybe it's a hundred years from now. Maybe the Lord tarries. I have no idea what the Lord has in store for us. And the, tempt- the trials and the wars and battles that we may face. So we have to say, do I love him in the sense where I'm going to have church when church ain't around church? Am I going to have a relationship with God when nobody is around me to have a relationship with God with me? Can I do it with me and God? Thank you so much that you allowed me and my wife to get away to Branson this past week. It was awesome. We had a great time. And I'll tell you this. What made it so enjoyable is that we wanted to go with each other. We enjoyed each other's company. It was just us. Because there are times when a husband and a wife go on a trip. And I'll be honest with you. It's been us in our marriage at times. We have gone on trips before where we were at odds when we left. And we were at odds when we came home. But by George, we had a vacation And we had fun, and we did fun things, and we came back and told each other, and and we told everybody around us how much fun we had. And you should have fun with your wife, too. And that's that. We went and had a great time. It was just us. And we laughed, and we made jokes. And we've got inside jokes and stories that only us, it's just us. We, you need to have some inside stuff with your Heavenly Father. You need to be able to know that when you hear a certain song, it moves upon you in a way where it don't touch everybody else in the room and a song comes on or a thought or a word is spoken and all of a sudden they look over there and you're tearing up and you're like, it means so much to me right now. Why does it mean so much to you? Because I have a heavenly father that I was in communion with when it was just me and him and nobody else. And I know that he knows me and I know that he hears my heart and he knows my heart. And if you don't have those emotions that rise up in you every once in a while, if you don't have that inside joke, if you will, or that inside communication, then you need to check yourself that you are just living in a platonic relationship with God and you don't have true love for the Father. Because we can all show up to church. I can send out a, fa- a, a Facebook post, say, really encouraging. Want to really encourage everyone to be here this Sunday. I thought about it today. I'm like, I should just go out and put a Facebook post. Want to encourage everybody to show up next Sunday. There's going to be a very, very important announcement. Make it almost sound like the pastorship is going to change or something drastic is going to change. This place would be packed. Put on there, there will be a vote preceding the service. And just just go ahead and trick everybody. Well, we wanted to put a vote out to just say, hey, everybody, if you agree to vote yes, that we will continue to serve God with all of our hearts, soul, mind, body, and spirit. If you would, please cast your vote as you go out today. And thank you so much for showing up. He tricked me into coming to church. Well, glad you came. Hope you don't take offense to that. Just hope you got something while you're here. 
So Cain lies that he, he just killed his brother. I don't know. What am I supposed to be doing? Am I supposed to be watching my brother all the time, God? Why are you asking me? I don't, I don't, I'm not my brother's keeper. You're supposed to be watching him. Why would he lie? Because he's in self-preservation, a.k.a. selfishness. Quite literally, it's like the food preservatives that we see in our food nowadays and some of the chemical... I'm not talking about the natural preservatives like vinegar and salt and things that could be good for you. There are some chemical preservatives that are put in our food that will lock that food up and hold that food and keep it from changing. If we don't watch it, we will have a fakeness of this world that we really feel like we are being held up and held together and everything's good. Why is everything good? Well, my family's always together. We do things and we're always together and we're doing th- we're a family. We do things together. Do you read your Bible together? Do you pray? Do you teach your children? What are you doing? Are you doing the things that are actually going to be the real, real food for you, your family, your soul, and yourself? And everybody around you, or is it a fake? Is it a preservative? I want to show you a picture right now. This is a picture of a McDonald's hamburger. Looks delicious. Anybody, let's just start throwing some numbers out there. I'll get two. I'm not going to have everybody just speak up. But Julio, tell me how old you think that burger is. Ten years. You're close. Jason, what do you, what do you think? Just go a little higher, though. It's higher. All right. I was joking. Neither one of y'all are close. It's 25 years old. You can look it up. This family bought this hamburger 25 years ago, and, they, and it, I think they forgot that it was in a storage shed, but then they found it, and then they were like, okay, well, here we go. Let's just see how long it lasts. There's no mold on it. There's nothing on it. We just got shut off on Facebook, I guarantee you. <laughs> that burger is, t- even if I got lied to, it's making a good point. The story is, allegedly, this is a 25-year-old hamburger. It, the preservative, preservatives locked it up and kept it from changing. God is saying to someone today, get rid of the fake. Let me in. Let me into your heart in a real, real, genuine way. A real genuine way. You can take that down. I wish I had had a picture of, or I wish I even had one of one that I had grilled up on some good old kinks for charcoal and real homemade bread. My daughter-in-law has learned how to make real homemade bread. She's got the culture that just stays and stays, and she can pull from it. She can make fresh sourdough bread, and I could have had fresh. This is the stuff that if you don't eat it in about 24 hours or 48, 72, whatever, you're going to have some growth on it. It's going to be something. It's going to start spoiling, going bad. But I could have had that up here, and we could have seen this 25-year-old hamburger. To make the point even more that we've got to have some real, real ingredients. You need real ingredients of worship and praise. Not the platonic, not the fake, not... I know I need to raise my hands because everybody else is raising their hands. Let's all raise our hands and worship together. Oh, I'm in. Let's worship the Lord today. I'm in. Let's give to the Lord today. I'm going to act like I'm in. I'm going to act like I'm texting on my phone. I'm sending, oh, okay, didn't do anything, didn't do anything. I want to just throw this out there. It's very important that we realize that when we don't give, 
God's portion that is already his back to him, the Bible does say that we actually rob God. I don't even know. I'll leave that alone, but it's so hard for me to believe that I'm going to just bust right on in through the gates of heaven and I literally robbed the creator of heaven, stole from him. He says I did. I'm a thief. I stole my whole life. But wasn't it worth it, though? Because if I could add up all of that that was supposed to be God's, if I could add it all up, man, we're talking lots of money now. We're talking about could be close to a million dollars for somebody. Could be hundreds of thousands. Okay, let's flip that and turn that and just go ahead right now and just say, I am writing my check for my ticket. I would like to have a one-way entry into hell. And I would I gladly pay. I will gladly pay. One... This hundred and something thousands of dollars and cents, and here, here you go. I traded it. I traded. I made a swap. That's what I did. I'm going to leave that alone because I just said a minute ago that we don't talk about that, but it hit me, and I'm like, you know what? I got to say it because some, there's many times when I'm preaching, and it's not in these notes, and God puts it on my heart, and I'm not going to just say, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? No, I answer. He, where's your brother? Oh, uh, he's right over there, God. Do you need to say this? Okay, God, I'll say it. Let me in. Let the light in. Daniel 2, He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells in him. You need today to be steadfast in your heart and your mind that you will shed light on the devil's lies. Quit making it about you and make it more about him. Praise team, y'all come on up. We're going to be finishing up here in just a second. Matthew 26, and I didn't give you this. Don't look. You, you don't have it. But in the Matthew in the chapter of 26, we read how Peter denied Christ three times. Why? Because of self-preservation. We, believe, we say a lie, we believe a lie, we shh, don't tell, don't tell. Why? Because we want to self-preserve. We want to preserve ourselves. We want to be able to be like that 25-year-old hamburger that it's really, and honestly, it looks horrible. But it's still there. Quit trying to preserve your life of sin. Quit trying to preserve your life of being away from God. God wants you to be close to Him. He wants you to be close to Him. He needs to be close to us. We need Him. And quit. Just get out of self-preservation mode. Lay some things down. Give your heart to God in a new way. With some new ingredients. And really, really turn over to Him in a new way. Why? Because you're getting older. And that self-preservation only works for so long. I mean, you can only have the fake for so long. Eventually, that hamburger that's 25 years old will just turn to dust, and it will wither and go away. So I implore people today, listen, turn your heart over to the Lord in a real mighty way, a new way. You can fake it for so long, and then it starts to get to where it's pulling you down, and you're, you're facing self-defeat, It's time to seek after a real experience. The devil wants you to stay trapped in a lie and he wants you to stay quiet. He wants you to be just like this. Don't tell. 
If you can't see that picture, I realize now that picture's pretty dark. That's somebody with their finger up over their lips going, shh, shh, don't tell. Don't tell. You can see it real faintly. John 14 and 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth. Let's all stand. I'm, I'm, I'm closing with this. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. John 8, 32, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. What does it mean to know? When you read your Bible and you know in the Bible where it talks about knowing, it's intimate. When a man knows a woman, it's intimate. He goes on a trip to Branson and there's a closeness there because there was the, the intimacy that was way before the trip. Way before the, the trip out of town. Way before the vacation. Way before the struggle. Way before the, the thing that comes against your family and hits your family like a ton of bricks. There needs to be some intimacy with God. Some closeness. And when I say close, I mean very, very, very close to God. He's putting it to us in words where He says, You need to know me. You need to know. I, I want you, you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Okay, great. The truth. I want that. Truth. Truth is good. Truth sets me free. Lie. Lie is bad. It's the devil. Shh, shh. Keep my secret. Shh. Keep my secret. No, I want this. This is you shut up. I want this. This is God. I want him. It's truth. And I need to know the truth. The truth will set me free. This is the truth. I've got the truth. I want the truth. I'm gonna gain this truth. This is know the truth. Close to the truth. Intimate with the truth. Very, very close to the truth in a in an intimate way. Because he will say in the end to many. Depart from me. I never knew you. But God, we cast out devils in your name. We put on a great front in your name. Lord, we sang praises to your name. Lord, we came to church in your name. Lord, I gave of my money to you. I gave of my time to you. I gave of my treasure to you. Lord, I did so much for you. Look at me, God. Look what I've done. And look what we did, God. I know. But I just, I just never really knew you. I was acquainted with you. I recognized that you were one who, you seemed like you loved me. You, it felt like you did, but I just never really knew you. I want to know you. God is speaking to me today. He's speaking to you today. He wants to know you. There's a difference between praying over our food with our children and then sometimes taking the time to say children I want us to be time out you shut your mouth you quit fiddling around you stop eating we hadn't even prayed yet and I want us to be thankful right now and I want to pray and I want you to pray and I want you to say something. I want you to know we're not going to eat this pizza until you say, I'm grateful for this in my family and my life. And I want you to know that God's watching you and God sees your heart. And we're going to take the time to know God. Because we can all 
gather around the table and we're just so hungry. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, one who eats the fastest gets the most. Over the stomach and through the gums, look out, or over the lips and through the gums, look out, stomach, here it comes. In Jesus' name. Ha ha. It's not even real. It's fake. It's just a step that we're going through. Well, oh, we got to eat. So we got to pray. You see what I'm saying? There's moments, there's teachable moments, there's times in your life when you say, I'm, I'm really, I'm not going to just drive to work today and just listen to 89.5 and just. I, therefore, I'm a Christian because I listen to 89.5. That's I'm a Christian now. Sing the songs. Sing along with the songs. Pray the lyrics. As you're singing, when I'm, when I'm singing up here on a Sunday morning, I see those lyrics and raise this up, Lord. I just make up something. Raise this up to a, to a new level of love. And, I'm, and I'm, I, instead of singing it, I'm saying, Lord, raise this up in the name of Jesus. Lord, I love you, God. Lord, raise this up in the name of Jesus. Pray the lyrics. Pray those lyrics. Don't just listen to the radio. Don't just read your Bible. Read your Bible. Read a passage. Read it again. Apply it. Understand it. Research it. And pray. And then ask God sometimes, Lord, speak to me. When you're on your way to work, when you're in your time in the closet with God and you find that, that place where you're alone with God, speak to Him and then shut your mouth and say, God, speak to me right now. I need to hear your voice. I need your direction in my life. I promise you, you'll be shocked at how much He listens and He will speak back to you. So today, as I give an altar call, what I want to do is give this altar call to everyone in this place because we all need it. I need it. You need it. We all need it. None of us are as close to God as we need to be. None of us. If you feel like you're close to God, guess what? You need to be a little closer. I need to be a little closer. Tonight we have prayer at 6 o'clock. If you can make it, be here at prayer tonight. Always take advantage of an opportunity to get closer to God. Always, always, always. If you can make it at any, at any time to do to, to extra for God or pray to God. If you can't make it here tonight, men, lead your family at home. Pray with your family. It's been a while since I've done this, but I want to say this right now. We have been praying and we had, we had been fasting. We need to get back to fasting. So men, and if it's not the man that's the leader of the house and the home, women, if it's a grandmother, if it's a grandfather, you be the leader of your home. When you leave today, you may forget about it, but sometime here in the next 24 hours, I want you to get with your family and say, by the way, this is when we're fasting. Jason Ray, David Trawick, he's going to, the leaders of your home, you tell your family, uh, <clears throat> just so everybody knows, we're going to join in with the church body and we're going to fast this day. As a family, this is what we're going to do. Dad, find something and cut it off. And when you cut it off, reach out to God in a new way. And why, Don't just tell your kids to fast or give up something without any direction. Lay your phone down for 24 hours. Why? I don't have time to explain it. Just do it. No. In that 24 hours, I want you to come back to me and I want you to give me a verbal report about something you read in the Bible. I want you to teach me something that you read about and you learned about. And you tell me. You be my teacher for about five minutes and tell me something that you read. And I want you to tell me how it blessed you, it affected you, it stirred you up. I want you to tell me that. 
you will start something in them. You will start a hunger in them for something that's way, 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 way greater than this world and what this world could ever offer in school, in finance, in sports, in, in games, in every, everything. Because I'm telling you what, one day they get that big. One day they get this big right here where you're like, I hope I poured enough into them because they're on their own. He's all, he can go to Tyler by himself in his own vehicle. He's got friends that they could influence him or he could influence them. I hope I did enough. I hope I... Don't ever put yourself in that situation where you're saying, I hope. I hope. No. Know that you did enough and you put them on a path to the straight and narrow where God is going to lead them to lead others in the name of Jesus. So everyone, just get out of your pew. Find your way to this altar right now. And I want to pray for all of us and I want to speak a blessing over us that we will have the light of God moving in our homes and our families and we will be the leaders that God has called us to be. We absolutely will do this in the name of Jesus. We will not go down with the ship. We are going to be piloting the ship. In the name of Jesus, God, raise this up. So if you're down here right now, it's, I mean, you came, you might as well get something out of it. Either bow your head or raise your hands, but have a moment with God. Have a moment with God right now. And let's verbalize. Come on now, church. Come on now. Let's, let's verbalize what we need. Let's verbalize what we need in a mighty way. We need you in a stronger way. God, I need your spirit to guide me. I need your life. I promise God that I will not continue to just shh, shh, don't tell. Don't tell. In the name of Jesus. I don't want anything. Yes. Here in this world the battle is yours. Have it all. Come on now, you can have it all. You can have it all. I don't, I don't want anything. Come on, church. Give it to him. You, you can, can have, have it.
blessing over us as a church body in the name of Jesus. I, I ask God that you would bless this church body. Bless this church body. Lord, we lift you up today. We ask God that you would move in our families, move in our homes, move, move on every leader that is here present today. I pray for every father, every mother, that we would be the one that if light is not in our home, not in our own self, in our spiritual home of ourselves, God, that you would crack the door open. Lord, crack every door open. Let there be a foothold that cannot be shut in the name of Jesus. I pray that the door that was cracked open today, that the light would come in, even if it's just a match light, even if it's just a ray, a beam of your glory, God. Let it come in and let it begin to flood every soul, every heart, every father, every mother, that we would then go out and we would not be quiet. We would not say, shh, quiet, quiet, don't tell. I will tell everybody I meet, God changed me. God changed my family. God changed my church. God changed everything around me. Can I explain it all? No, but God did it. God did it. You're dismissed in the mighty name of Jesus. As you go out, proclaim the name of Jesus over you and your family. Say, God, I proclaim blessings over my family. God, I receive a blessing from you in the name of Jesus. I will be the leader that I need to be. My family will be the family that is the positive influence in this community. We will not be the ones who are pulled down and taken out by the devil. We will influence for the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.